Don't you like that music we play? Brings us in a little drum beat. Welcome to Off the Record with Randall. And I look a little rough, Howie. I got to admit, I look a little rough. Got my balls hat on like I like it. I got my Shane Falco Washington Central jersey on. But I need a haircut. You see these? These, these right here, they're sticking out on my beard. I can see if I look better this way. More of my face is covered anyway. <laughs> so what are you up to, Howie Chaney? <clears throat> man, just kind of like I've always talked about before we went on air, just working, man. Working, working, working. 82 hours last week. Uh, went to a Falcons game. Uh, let's see, Saturday night, worked till 12, 12.30. Got up at 5.30, took off Atlanta to the Falcons game, and Working Falcons, that's about it. <clears throat> well, we're going to talk about a couple other things in your life. We're going to talk about the Savannah Rams and the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, you had big, you had something big happen this weekend, and it would be remiss if we didn't bring it up. Uh, Miss Jenny Cheney oh, yeah. marched in her first ever um halftime show and it was the pitchers I, I wanted to be there so bad but the pitchers still was enough uh was jenny excited you know i, I know she was nervous i asked her you know i said what do you think how you feel she's like i'm nervous i don't get out there in front of everybody but uh I guess she was excited, you know, get the first time out of the way. Now maybe it's just smooth sailing. I kept on telling her, I said, hey, you know what to do. Just do it. You know, the only time you need to be nervous is if it's something you don't know what to do. I said, you know hey, what yeah. to do. Just do it. No no sense in being nervous. And there was no buildup. Like, she didn't get to march at some smaller games. It was straight into Sylvania and five. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean – and if you have, if you're not familiar with the mountain, then you don't understand. Uh, is that a big? Which is the biggest? Is Plainview, uh, Sylvania, still the biggest robber in Sylvania yeah. Five, or has it changed? No, no, it's still uh, Sylvania, Sylvania Plainview. But when you got the number one team in three A in Alabama coming in on top of it, having the second longest winning streak in the nation going on. It was a packed house, so uh, you know. And then you know, Fife has always been notorious for having good bands, so you know they're they're good at everything. It seems like, and uh, so yeah, it was a lot of excitement there Friday night. So our friends, uh, and it is friends of the show, literally, Paul Benefield at Fife, the holder of forty-seven games in a row now, I believe it is. Lost I think it's one 48. game, forty-eight. I think I that's know, what they said. I know he's 60, 62 and one or something like that in his last 63. Um, okay. He's, yeah, it was uh, 45 in a row because he won three straight championships. And then this is going to be their fourth week this week. So he's no, three. So 48. Yeah. 48. And then that year that he lost, he went 13 and one. So. So that was a bad year for him. <laughs> yeah, you start adding that up. Yeah. 
Hey, Nick Saban wishes he had Paul Benefield's win Saban for a record. Uh, and then on the other side of it, our buddy from the show, Coach Tyler Van, second season that has the head coach, first season at at Sylvania, and he's talked about it. We're going to talk about how he that no matter what he made sure to finish the year at Woodville last year and before he made the move. And he talked about how hard it was. And I believed him, too, Howie. Coach Van does not pull punches. He said that decision was one of the hardest of his life to move from Woodbull after a year to Sylvania. But uh, 16-13, throwing from the end zone for the win. Coach Van and the Rams just about pulled off that upset at number one. Tell us a little bit about the game. Uh, opening, <clears throat> I don't remember who won the coin toss, but Sylvania got the ball first, uh, got it around the uh, 30-yard line, I think it was, and just drove it right down the field and scored on five. I mean, uh, five didn't know what to do. Uh, Sylvania came out in the spread, a little bit of a spread offense, just passing the ball everywhere. Uh, scored. Uh, I can't remember if they went for two or not. I've got the stats somewhere around here. But anyway, uh, then they kicked off five. Held five, which is amazing because five don't hardly punt very often in the in game, much less on the first drive. And uh, punted something like that. And then, uh, you know, Pennsylvania down at the six-yard line. And on the first play, Sylvania ran a rollout and uh, sacked uh, Brody Smith in the end zone for a safety. And uh, they kicked off to him, got a good field position on that kickoff, and uh, I think Savannah held them then as well. Uh, it was a really good defensive game by both teams. Uh, the offenses tried to put stuff together, but, uh, you know, Savannah got down early. Uh, well, I mean, it's up at 6 six nothing, but then it went 6-2, to two, uh, eight to 9-6, to six, I think it was, 16-6. Uh, six at one time and Savannah never gave up, came back, got it within the three points there. And like you said, had a had opportunity when to it win went, it there. When it went sixteen six, did you think it was over? Uh in the past I would have, but to be honest, no I didn't. Um I, I felt I felt good about just watching what they done. It, you know, Fife went up on field positions and uh they had some short fields there to get those two scores. And also, one of the scores, you know, they had five kind of played good defensively, but the guy broke one tackle and ended up scoring. So, uh, you know, I did feel good about it. I, you know, I didn't think it was over with. Um, I didn't think, I didn't know it was going to be a 16 13 game, though, but uh, I, I felt like Savania came out and you, you've been to so many battle games, you can tell especially high school, you've done – you've broadcasted more high school games than I've probably ever been to. And uh, so you, you – I don't know if that's when, good. That just means I'm old. Well, I didn't want to come out and say that. But anyway, you, you, you've you saw – you have saw in the past where, you know, a game like this where the underdog would get a little momentum and then all of a sudden something bad would happen and then it's all downhill from there. But it didn't right. – it, it wasn't like that with Sylvania. 
lift their head up. They're still on the sideline. You know, I'm on, I'm, I was on surveillance sideline, keeping stats, and the players and coaches and everything still had their head up. Usually after that one bad play, it goes downhill, and you can tell by the players' reaction and even some coaches. They were up the whole game. So I, I didn't feel like it was over when five did get that lead, you know. And, uh, so um, how, what was Coach Benefield's state during the game? Was he frustrated, very animated? He broke his headset. <laughs> he did break his headsets uh, there toward the end. They had Savannah on the ropes. They got two or three good run plays up the middle. And he did this motion, kind of do this right here, which he's got a – I don't want to say a young team, but he's got inexperienced players out there. When you lose, I think it's 18 starters, basically on offense and defense. But that that's his sign for get up and run the same play again, I think it is, or something. Hurry up, get on the ball, let's, let's keep it moving. Well, I reckon his quarterback has seen so many ball games on TV, he stocked the ball. Yeah, he stocked the ball and uh, Benefield I, – I, I just happened to be looking over there and I saw Benefield just sling his headsets. And then after the game, I was talking to some of the coaches and they were trying to piece them back together. You know, uh, like I said, he, they had Savannah on the ropes there. But yeah, he, uh, <clears throat> I saw a couple of the interviews on the local news and uh, he, uh, he basically, he's like speechless, basically. He didn't, he didn't know what to say. And that's, we both know Coach Benefield pretty well. And that's kind of yeah. unusual for him. I'm surprised uh, it was one one set of headphones that Coach Benefield went through. I was I was I was I had numbers set it over and under of two. So, <laughs> well, you got to realize that you know he probably don't break break very many over the years because they always jump out to a big lead and don't have a really a close game. Um, you know, I, I hadn't talked to anyone, but I'm curious about when was the last time that. Fife was held scoreless in a half. I don't know. It's been a while. But even and second uh, half, not not just a first half, but in the second half when the game's on the line. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, and we've got some people joining us from the South Pittsburgh area as we just went live on the Marion Messenger. As we wrap up our coverage of the Sylvania Fife football game, we'll get farther into the South Pittsburgh uh, coaching change this week. And We'll talk about that. So uh, one question I did want to ask, Howie, uh, and maybe this is the final question. Is Coach Van closer than we thought he was to having this kind of turned around? I, I can tell you by getting up on, well, on Friday night, being on social media Saturday morning, even though they got beat, he don't have to buy Millen Savannah for quite a while by doing what he's done. Uh, the parents of – you know the key to high school sports is parents, not kids, but parents. Yes. And it, it seems like that all the parents have bought into what he's doing. I haven't talked well, to him. I haven't talked to him since the game. Uh, I spoke to him for like a brief second after the game. I can tell you that – he wasn't happy, even though you know, even though his kids played great. He's proud of the way they played, but he's one of these that he doesn't take moral victories. Yeah, he a was loss, win. A loss is a loss, you know. 
Well, you can't get number one in the state, second longest winning streak in the nation into your place every day with a chance to beat them. Uh, there was a throw at the end zone in the in the final seconds. There were actually two of them, yes. And uh, that's how close this game was between the nation's second longest winning streak and uh, upstart Sylvania. So, and, and let me just say this too, Coach Benefield. Um, I think Coach Benefield would have got a laugh out of my my pep talk. I text uh, Tyler, Coach Van, the other day. Uh, so, uh, Coach Van and I have been sharing a few texts before game day, and basically, I said you can't pick when two brothers fight, and that's how I feel when it's Fife and Sylvania. But I said, in total, a, a peril where the younger brother beat the older brother, and I was proud of him. And, and, and I am really proud of Coach Van uh, and his friendship to our program. And maybe we'll get down there to do a game someday, Howie. And Coach Benefield, uh, in that little parable I sent that was a little joke, he is all – and Phil Harris, I hope you're not watching – he truly is all of our, our heroes. We, I mean, we, we really, Coach Benefield is that in my heart. He's my, I look up to Coach Benefield the way I look up to Coach Former or Coach Majors at Tennessee. They're just somebody when I'm around, I just feel inspired, you know, and I feel good about myself. And, and, and I know, I know he don't lie to me. He never told me one. He would tell me to go away. He wasn't going to talk to him before he'd tell me a lie. Right. Yeah. So. And, yeah, because you – I picture it like this. To me, and, you know, to me it seems like Coach Van is just a younger version of Coach Benefield. Let's hope. Let's hope. For, for the mountain's sake as much as anything. Because right. the mountain needs that rivalry. Yeah. That, that Sand Mountain is happier and healthier – when Fife is good, Sylvania is good, and Plainview is good. That's a lot to build off right there. All right, Howie, let's put that one behind us before we move on to NFL. we got to make a stop in my stomping grounds. My former um, team at one point, for a year or two, I called South Pittsburgh football. And it's a prideful program. It's a program that's won multiple state championships, multiple runners up. Uh, the number of titles that South Pittsburgh has doesn't even go to explain how good of a program it is. Uh, when you get to that final four every year, South Pittsburgh's going to be there. I mean, I, right now I haven't even seen the bracket, but if you gave me a bracket, I would, I draw, I draw South Pittsburgh out to the semifinals before I even took a look at it. It's a great program, um, you know, it's a program that's had one family basically coach there for for a long time in, in the Grider family. And um, during the offseason, we had a change at South Pittsburgh. Many people believed it was Coach Brad Wagoneer was going to get the good job. Coach Wagoneer ended up at Gatlinburg-Pittman with uh, a head coaching job, which Scatlinburg Pittman is another fine, prestigious program. It's not South Pittsburgh, but it's a little bigger school. 
it's in Gatlinburg that carries some prestige. And, and Gatlinburg Pittman's a good football school. Coach Chris Jones from the Cleveland Browns. He was on uh, the last staff that Freddie Kitchens had with the Browns. He was a defensive uh, a defensive assistant, not a uh, special assistant was his title. I was there for two years. Prior to that, he was a CFL head coach. Uh, you and I both know know the story of Freddie Kitchens and was kids around when Freddie was making his name. Uh, coach Jones was very open uh, over the after the South Pittsburgh job became open, and very vocal that he wanted the South Pittsburgh job. He used the word "dream job" at one point, and if you know. Uh, I'm being careful with my words. I don't want to, don't want to go past a certain, you know, I'm very, being very direct with my words. Uh, Duke Ralston at the Marion Messenger, who I work with partnership here at River City Media. And I both got information on Monday that coach Chris Jones was going to resign. And uh, it was it was uh, very strange timing. Um, I've later found some things out that I will not go public with, and I don't feel like I have good enough information to go public with. But it's more about it's not personal stuff. It's more about what was going on behind the operations of the football team. Uh, Coach Jones made some very very defining decisions, which. I have a I had real trouble understanding. He ended um, the Marion County South Pittsburgh game, which to me, the only game that I put the two best rivalries in my career of calling games have been Plainview, Sylvania, and Marion South Pittsburgh. Marion South Pittsburgh's the best. That's number one. Plainview Sylvania was number two. Uh, I've called a lot of games, but those two are really really special. Special to me. Uh, Coach Jones um, scheduled Murphy, who is a North Carolina state power, scheduled a six, the number one, I think it's the number one team in 6A, uh, scheduled North Jackson. And uh, the season started, he coached one game that was at Sequatchie County, which everyone knows I work at 93.3 Country Roads. I've got so many media. You know, you would think this is my full-time job when I start talking about all the media connections I got. I am the voice of the Squatchie County Indians. Um, I have been the voice, like I said, of the South Pittsburgh Pirates at one point for a short time. Uh, I was at North Jackson for a period of time, too, with Mr. Chaney here. I think you probably ventured up with me to North Jackson a time or two. I know you were at plenty of those DeKalb County games of the weeks. So, uh, since then, three COVID forfeits, and Monday, Coach Jones resigned. Now, I do not begrudge anyone bettering themselves. It's just the CLs, the CF, the CFL season is ongoing. Understand? He took the job as a defensive coordinator for the Toronto Argonauts, but where I'm really having trouble with this, how he is the kids it's it's a tough lesson for 15 to 18 year old young men to learn right now at this point in their life would you agree 
yeah, I agree. I don't know the whole situation up there, but <clears throat> you can't just walk out on kids. And that's to me, it seems like that's what he done. Just walked out on them. Um, you know, you said he used it the term. Was... He used the term "dream job." Well, that right there tells you that his dreams are not very high. It was uh, disappointing to me. I could full. I, I would fully understand uh, someone bettering themselves and taking a a job in the CFL, but the timing is really, really bad and unfortunate. South Pittsburgh's played one football game, the three COVID forfeits, and I don't know which way they've went. I don't know if they've went for them or against them. But Coach Jones is out. Uh, Coach, well, the AD, uh, Coach Grider, and Coach Stone, who was on the staff, are going to accept become co-head coaches. That's a tough situation on them too, Howie. It's got to be a tough thing to to step into those shoes and fill that role right now. Well, most definitely, you know, you got to go in and you know, I'm not a big fan of the co-coaches being a head coach, but that's neither here or there. But their main job is go in and build the morale up of these kids because all, all they're yes. thinking about is, hey, our coach list left us. High and dry, you know. Yeah, it's the the time is bad. You know, like you said, the time is bad. I'm not a fan of leaving a team in the middle of the season. Now, if it's the end of the season, hey, do what you want to do. Leaving. If it was the end of the season, I I would not have any heartache with this. Especially, even if he went, this is my dream job. But I, you know, I've been here for a year, and I I'm I'm not happy. I'm going to leave everybody. I'm 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 leaving. Because this is a professional coach, a very, a very decorated coach at multiple levels. But once you commit to, and the people of that town, I mean, the people of South Pittsburgh rallied around Coach Jones very much to get him the job, because he is a South Pittsburgh native. He's been around the program. I think he played there. He walked on at UTC played uh, with a friend of mine that I said, Jeff, he played with Jeff Barger that does the Squatch County games with me currently. But, you know, if there's a lesson learned here, Howie, it's, 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 to me, it's be careful what your dream is and what you say it is. And God knows, you know, the CFL is the CFL. But to me, I mean, you tell me I can be the defensive coordinator with CFL team in the middle of the season with a bunch of kids looking to me. I, I it's hard for me to do it. It would be, it would be really, really hard. Coach Jones released a statement that said basically this was the hardest decision of his life. We uh, we talked to Coach Van when he made the decision to leave Woodville after a year during the off season and. And Coach Van was just sickened by the prospect of leaving, even in the offseason. I'm not sure how you leave in midseason like this. And again, even if it was college kids, a professional team, um, these there's just 18 to 17, 16, 15 year olds uh, that are very 
very much need to learn the lessons of life more than football. They're, they're very impressionable. And, you know, the first impression that the coaches give them is, hey, if something better comes along, I'm just going to quit in the middle of it. I'm not going to yeah. finish what I start. Don't finish what you start. Let's just go ahead and go do what I want to do. You know? The most important lesson learned, I've learned in life is to finish what you started. Right. My daughter's 11 years old. She joined the Bible club at the beginning of the year and just absolutely hated it. But she committed to it for a semester, and there's a class that goes with it. and She's going to finish it because once mm -hmm. you commit to something, that is a commitment. And jobs are be to be broken, but when you have you have a school year, that seems like you've committed to that school year. So right. anyway, you know, going, going to the CFL, I, you know, I, I don't understand that, you know, stay here in the state, something to come up later on, finish out your year. I, I feel like he could, his resume is that, that he could get either a NFL job or more likely a CFL job in the off season. So, you know, you feel like that opportunity would have been there other than right now. I looked up, I actually got contacted by uh, a sports radio show in Toronto to talk about this last night. And uh, it was tough for me because, you know, everybody just wants to assume it's a high school program in Tennessee, but it's not that to me. It's, it's about, 45 or 50 kids or even more, I guess they, they dress more than that. It's about their, them buying into something, you know? That's what it's, it's about for me. For people that haven't been through there, which most of the people have, but if you haven't been through there, that's all you see in South Pittsburgh is the high school, the, the records. The, they got flags hanging on their poles downtown, you know, South Pittsburgh uh, Pirates, yeah. I think it is. You know, they, they've got everything everywhere. It's, Yes, it's a town. Yes, a high school, but it, it's more like a small college, what it seems like when you go through there, because that's yeah. all you see everywhere. It's pirates, it's pirates. Uh, it means a lot to that city. And I'll be honest with you again, I, I make no bones. I am the voice of the South Sequatchie County Indians, but the next six weeks, I'm a pirate too, man. I want these kids to go on and have great success. And I promise you, I may be calling this Quatcha game, but I'll be checking the South Pittsburgh score every five minutes because nothing would please me more than um, these kids to go on and be successful. And I had a parent, a Marion County parent, uh, who said it the first words, it's a shame we're not going to get to play this year. First words he said, the second words he said is, I'm going to root for the kids over at South Pittsburgh. You know, right. it ain't about football right now. It's about, it's about the kids, man. And, and, and I don't, I don't ever want to forget that the football is, is about them. You know, right. we can, uh, we as fans get more upset about wins and losses and then we get angry with the teams and like, oh, how could they shake hands afterwards? And they, the, those kids lay it all on the line. They, they work hard. They work harder than I do at my job. So 
it, it it's it's a full-time job for a kid once he commits and goes through two a days in the summer i don't even know if there are two a days anymore i'm sure they are and then he's in the weight room it's a year-round job for a kid to play high school football so last word uh mr cheney you know it kind of reminds me of uh, saying your dream job and all, all this Reminds me back to the Falcons, which we're fixing to talk about the NFL, back when Jim Moore was a coach of the Atlanta Falcons. I don't know if you remember this or not, but, you know, here he is, has coaching the highest of the highest in the NFL and makes a comment on a radio show saying, my dream job is the, I think it's the Washington job or maybe UCLA job. Anyway, talking about his dream job is actually a college job on the West Coast. So the Falcons made sure he got that dream job by releasing them at the end of that year. But well, uh, you, you know, know what? We're going to start with someone who I think his dream job may be on a West Coast uh, coaching a college football team. The Jacksonville Jaguars entered the season. Travis Etienne, Trevor Lawrence. And I looked at that schedule and I went, huh, Trevor Lawrence and Jacksonville are going to get off to a good start. They're playing the worst team in the NFL week one. Nobody, nobody. And you know, a matter of fact, I think on this program, I actually picked the Texans to go 0-17 because I said 0-16 and you corrected me. The Texans. You did take the Jaguars to the woodshed. And the first text I got after they fired Clay Helton at USC is reckon urban's packing for Los Angeles now, or is it going to be later? (laughs) Actually, it was a joke about his heart attack that he used at Florida, but it was, it was pretty much indicating after one week, he'd be ready to go to the West coast. What did you, I know you didn't see the game, what was your impressions after you heard the score? Were you just like me, kind of downed? I, I, mean, I was. I mean, I was really shocked because going into the middle of last week, if I'm mistaken, the Texans didn't know who their starting quarterback was going to be. They didn't have a clue. You know, everybody thought it was going to be Tyrod Taylor, but they wasn't 100 percent sure. <laughs> but then he comes out and apparently has a great game. Uh, I don't know if you saw the. Uh, quote that uh somebody put on twitter today that urban meyer they asked him said what's the difference between you know coaching college and coaching pros he said well in pros you're playing alabama's every week so you know that's pretty good line not that i like it but that's pretty good line (laughs) so uh but i was really surprised you know I, i thought jacksonville would i'm not surprised that texans I'm I'm really surprised at both of them. I'm surprised that Texans put up that many points, and I'm surprised that Jacksonville didn't put a better showing. You know, as AEW fans, you know I kind of pull 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 for the Jags too a little bit. So right, (laughs) not so good, Jags. Thursday night we got the NFL season started with what I thought was absolutely a great football game. The defending world champions against the pseudo. And I say pseudo, but their nickname, everybody calls them America's team. I think the New England Patriots have probably overtook them as America's team because I see Patriots jerseys everywhere now. But the Patriots opened up with the Dallas Cowboys in what was 
an absolutely barn burner of a football game. 39-21. God, I'm sorry about that. It was a good game. I talked game. so long I had to yawn. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a good game. I, I was able to stay up and watch a little bit of the first half there. And, uh, from my understanding, from our buddy John that uh, goes to some of the Falcons games with us, he's a big Cowboys fan, and he thought the game was in the bag, so he went to bed. He said, but the Cowboys end up leaving too much time on the clock for Mr. Brady to do his magic. If if you ain't learned, John, if you ain't learned by now, TB12, you don't give him nothing or he'll take it. Um, I'm not the Tom Brady. I, I was a Tom Brady hater for 20 years. I can't now. Last year, I earned so much of my respect. I just simply said Tom Brady's the GOAT. If you leave him time, he'll win the football game, and he did. So uh, the Buccaneers win 31-29, but a great way to kick off the season. I was, you know, I was sitting here thinking yesterday or one day, I don't know, days are running together, you work as much as we do. But anyway, I was thinking, you know, I don't really hate Tom Brady. Never have. You know, he beat the Falcons in the Super Bowl. He's won a lot of games. But you got to realize he wasn't even starting when he first got into the league. If it wasn't for a crazy hit that Drew Bledsoe took on the sideline to put him out for a while, we might have never heard of Tom Brady. Somehow I think he would have got a chance, but you're right. It's just one you're of right. those you, things. Uh, you're right. Other games, yeah. Seattle, the Seahawks played the Colts. And, Car- and Carson Wentz debut. And I did watch a little of this game. And, I mean, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson. When are we going to put Russell Wilson in the elite of NFL quarterbacks? Again, he's just off the hooks and, you know, um, don't have a whole lot of talent around him except he does have those two stud wide receivers and he makes the most of them. Yeah, those wide receivers can outrun a airplane running you know flying in the air as fast as they are they just he's just got he can't out throw them so all he's got to do is just as soon as he see them get one step just chunk it up and they're gonna run underneath the ball lock it for sure and uh metcalf is pretty good too metcalf's just a beast of a human you know right Uh, another game that shocked me our boy chappy of of dr roto if you haven't checked it out, check out Dr. Roto, Philip Chaplin, big Steelers fan. He called this Steelers 23, Buffalo 16. I have Buffalo when we made our, our preseason picks. I had Buffalo in the Super Bowl. It's a big win for the Steelers at Buffalo. Yeah, I was really surprised when I saw not necessarily score, but it was that Pittsburgh won. You know, uh, Buffalo, I know that place had to be rocking because of what they did last year and really didn't have a whole lot of fans there. And, you know, that place had to be sold out. I didn't get to see it. You know, I was watching I was watching one team play and another play team roll around on the dirt. But anyway, uh, but we'll I was really – Yeah, I know. We don't have to. But anyway, uh, I was really surprised that A, Pittsburgh won, and B, by the score because – Buffalo was just lighting people up last year. And uh, so either either Buffalo's kind of dropped off a little bit or Pittsburgh's defense has stepped up this year. 
I think I think I think Pittsburgh's better than we thought they were. They got those three receivers outside, plus Najee. Uh, Najee got the ball a lot. He didn't have the great day, but he got you know, 15, 16 carries for forty-five yards. But you can see what Pittsburgh wants to do with him. You know, right. the funnest game of the day. If you just wanted to watch teams go up and down the field, San Francisco forty-one, Detroit Lions thirty-three. The story of the game to me is Jarrett Goff is 38 for 57, 338 and three touchdowns in this game. And also the story is out of nowhere, Elijah Mitchell surpassed the Ohio State running back Trey Sermon when Muster got hurt, became a NFL star. And I think that's another situation where a fifth round draft pick is going to win that job Surplant Sermon and may be there for many years to come. But that was 47 a, points put up. I would first apologize to Mr. Goff because when we went through our games last week, who would win, who would lose, I pretended like I didn't know who he was because I didn't think he was that good. Mr. Jared Goff, I apologize, sir. I know who you are now, buddy. Yeah. I know exactly who yeah, you we are. Did, we took 338 in Atlanta, wouldn't we? <laughs> yes we gave up 338 did I say that out loud I now, know we gave up but anyway Joe Burrow I mean Kirk Cousins throws for 350 Joe Burrow throws for 260 but when it counts the, the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Minnesota Vikings 27-24 are the Bengals for real but it came down to a Fort Payne, Alabama boy <laughs> in the game for him. So there you go. Yes. <laughs> it seemed like the Bengals yeah, made for real. Time. They, yeah, you know, uh, they could be for real this year. You know, you you never know. They were. It seemed like last year they were starting to hit on all cylinders when Burrow got hurt. So you know, if he can stay healthy this year, um, they they may surprise some people in that AFC North up there. Yeah, and uh, what's the what's the young man from Fort Payne kicked at Florida? Um, McPherson, Evan McPherson. Yes, yes. I went uh, blank and, on his name. And he, he done it in front of the. There was a group of people from Fort Payne that went up to watch that game with it being his first NFL game. Uh, there was probably about twenty no. or so that went up. So, uh, you know, that had to feel good for him to do that in front of. I mean, not just in front of some of his hometown people, but I mean, right now he could run for mayor of Cincinnati and win, you know, win it by a landslide because Would Cincinnati you really want to be mayor of Cincinnati, though? Well, I mean, he's going to have to live there for the next five years because the deal is a five-year deal, if I'm mistaken. So, you know, go ahead and become mayor and change some things. Well, uh, well, John Moxley might run against him. That would probably <laughs> be bad. Uh, our, our divisional rivals. The Carolina Panthers in the debut of Sam Darnold gets a 19-14 win. And I feel sorry for anybody that watched all four quarters of that game. <laughs> I, I, honestly, that's out of all the games, that's one game I've heard absolutely nothing about. So I, I can't comment on it. Did McCaffrey have a pretty good day? What do you know? I, I can tell you in a second. I assume no, he did since he's in. It's fine. I, I did. 
I didn't look, but I'll be honest with you. He's on my fantasy team, and I wasn't upset by what he done. So, he okay. carried the ball 21 right, times for 98 yards. Oh, yeah. He caught nine passes for 89. So, he had buck 80 combined total yardage and nine catches. So, 27 PPR points. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee had uh, drafted him, I think, in our fantasy league and traded him away a week later. Jamie Lee, you didn't call me about that one. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, you know, Carolina. I know you're high on Sam Denard. Darnold. Um, Darnold. You, yeah, Darnold. I'll get it out in a second. Sorry about that, Darnold. Uh, I know you're high on him. Thought he's going to have a great year with Carolina, and uh, he he could do it. You never know. He took for two seventy nine. That's not bad. Uh, yeah, kind of like you said earlier with the 338, we take 279 as well. Yes. The next game I want to talk about just for a minute. minute. Uh, I, I've had several people ask me this. You've asked me this. Different people have put it different ways. Do the Tennessee – so here's the way I ask it. Is – Arthur Smith learning to be a head coach to such a level that the Falcons laid an egg, and we'll talk about the Falcons. But did the Titans miss offensive coordinator Arthur Smith so bad that they laid an egg because that football team looked completely out of sync? Julio looked horrible. Vrabel uh, already blasting Julio in the press. Did they miss Arthur Smith that bad? You know, when you got two stallions on each side with the, what is the name, Brown and Jones? A.J. Brown. And, hey, just the best running back in the NFL, if you're talking pure running back, too. But but what, what I'm getting at is everybody knows that the wide receiving core are the most prima donna players on your football team. And when you got Brown and Jones split out wide, you're going to have the tendency of, chunking that ball down the field a lot more than probably what you should be. And we both know, and we saw it Sunday with Falcons, that Arthur Smith wants to run the ball. And that's what made him so successful at Tennessee when, like you said, the best running back in the NFL touches the ball 30 to 40 times a game. He, A, keeps the ball out of the other team's hands, and B, chews up that clock. 100% with you. 100%. In a game that was much ballyhooed around the nation, the Chiefs hold the Browns off. The best text of the night after the Browns blow it, I get a text that says, the Browns going to Brown. (laughs) No other Uh, way to put it. Yeah, we watched uh, about a half of that at a local chicken joint in uh, Kennesaw. And uh, it was, uh, the Browns had the lead, but then they did something, and my buddy Robbie looked at me and said, it's over. I said, what do you mean? He said, Kansas City, they're fixing to start rolling, and it's over with. And Brown's he was right. Brown. From that point on, Kansas City took control of that game, and Brown, like I said, Brown's going Brown. The Broncos beat the uh, Giants. I got nothing. You got anything on that? I watched Didn't that. Watch it's it. pretty it's good. Uh, you know, being, being at that local chicken 
shack there at Kennesaw, they have the uh, football on all the TVs. And uh, uh, Bridgewater seemed like he did a pretty good job as far as distributing the ball to everybody. So, and then, you yep. know, we know they got running backs. Same about Denver's running back university when it comes to NFL teams because even when they get rid of one, two more comes up, steps up, and does a great job. And so, uh, you know, Denver could be a team to kind of watch out for if Bridgewater can stay healthy. The uh, next game we will discuss is uh, my phone went the wrong way. The next game we'll discuss is the Packers, uh, the Saints, Jameis Winston. And Jameis Winston was so good. And Aaron Rodgers was so bad. Aaron Rodgers throws for a buck 33 in the INT. Meanwhile, James Winston throws for five touchdowns. The difference in that game, though, is the Saints' D. Yeah, it was um, Saints' defense. And the Saints are always good on defense. But, you know, I saw something where I think there was four starting quarterbacks that did not play one snap in the preseason. And I think they went 0 for 4 this weekend. And one of them was Aaron Rodgers. I think one was Aaron Rodgers. And he showed it too. Boy, I, I was able to watch it on one of the TVs as well. And he was throwing the ball all over the place and nowhere close to his receivers. And so, wow. The Rams beat the Bears 34 14. Matthew Stafford's debut over 300 yards, three touchdowns. But I didn't think Andy Dalton played too bad. And, you know, but it's well, went out this. the Rams. Yeah, well, let me ask you about Matthew Stafford. Do you think playing against Chicago all those years in Detroit actually helped him out during this game? It could have. Um... Or or did Chicago throw something different at him because he's got more weapons now? The Rams are built to win a Super Bowl within the next two years. And Matthew Stafford is as – he is the top of that group that's under Mahomes and the elite guys. So he's the next level under, he might be the very next level under Josh Allen and Russell Wilson and Mahomes. So I just think oh, Russell Matthew Stafford's a good quarterback and we're going to see how good over the next couple of years. Well, I was fixing to say that Stafford may be a little bit higher than that. He may be on the same playing field with the Russell Wilson because we don't he may actually – yeah, well, that's what I'm getting at. He's actually got talent around him. Give him credit. He stuck it out for years in Detroit and had absolutely nothing. I mean, me and you could have been wide receivers up there and nobody would have known because, you know, they just they just get whoever they can. But he's actually got a team around him. Anybody, I, I'm not going to say anybody else, but the majority of other quarterbacks would have been traded out of Detroit years ago. But he stuck it out. He was a team player. He did what he could try to make that team work coach after coach after coach, and it just didn't work out. Here's a here's a little trivia question. High school teammate of Dodger ace Clayton Kershaw on the baseball team. Hmm. How'd you like to go and get that baseball team? Kershaw and Stafford back-to-back. Yeah. Um, you wouldn't see very many breaking balls, I'll tell you that much. No, you wouldn't. Uh, let's get through this. We got two games. I'm gonna spend a little extra time on. The Ravens beat the Raiders, and absolutely a great football game. That's a beautiful stadium in Las Vegas. 
It is. Uh, I'm trying to call the Raiders the uh, Alabama Crimson Tide of the West because they got so many Alabama players on that team. Well, ironically, and that was a great game. And Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson, and the Raiders hung on and won that game. I saved these two games. We're going to talk about three Alabama quarterbacks in two games. Mac Jones versus Tua. Tua. I don't ever try his last name anymore. Ever since I think I cursed on the air trying to say it by accident. <laughs> I uh, DVR'd that game, and I watched some of it today. Matter of fact, when I got home from work, um, Tua looks healthier, still doesn't look like himself. But Mac Jones made a couple of throws, Howie, that made me just go, yeah, that's, that's the same guy that was at Alabama. Do you think that Tua is just now starting to get healthy from that tragic hip injury? Probably so. I mean, you know, can't speak for him, but, you know, it's it was a major deal what he, he went through. And so uh, he could be just now back to 100%. And, uh, you know, it's – I've never played quarterback. I don't know, but hearing all the other quarterbacks say talk about, you got to be able to flex those hips. Yeah, and it's a big that part. Hip, if that hip has caused him all these issues, and you know he he might have been playing at seventy five percent last year. Let me get my camera straight here. All of a sudden, it dipped on me. Uh, did you get to see any of that game? Get to see Mac Jones throw the ball around any? I didn't see none of it. I, I really – I think Mac Jones is going to be a good NFL quarterback. I still don't know about Tua, but let's talk about the next game. So, give us – I'm just going to sit back. Wasn't there. Know what I saw on TV. Well, I saw less of the game than you on TV because my TV kept changing channels because I didn't want to watch that crap. But give us a summation of the Falcons-Eagles. I, I walked around. I don't know. I'm kidding. I was there the whole game. I said my seat the whole game. You spotted Jamal uh, too, didn't you? You know, I did. <laughs> you can't help but to uh, spot him. Uh, he done. He done hit me up today about being back on the podcast again. So we gotta make that happen soon. All um, right, man. We'll do that. But uh, you know, it started out great. The offense was looking good. Defense seemed like you know was making plays and stopping people too. And they kind of – let's go back to this high school we were talking about earlier on. It was like Atlanta made a bad play, and all of a sudden it's like, well, the Falcons are going to – Falcons are going to Falcon. Kind of like the Browns are going to Brown. Falcons, Falcons going to Falcon. Falcon. Yeah, it's kind of like that, you know. And from that point on, it just went downhill. Uh, I felt sorry for Mayfield at the left tackle because – or excuse me, left guard. He, he had penalty on top of penalties, and he got bull rush. He got spun around. He got manhandled. And then all graded of a sudden, out, it, graded out his pro football focuses. Worst starting line man in week one in the NFL. Uh, well, uh, that's, a, that's a compliment, considering I thought it would be even worse than that, you know. Um, and then it seemed like it just went on with the offensive line as far as uh, what was his name, McGarry, McGarry down there at the uh, 
on the right uh, tackle tackle down there, he um, he started getting bull rushed, and they was pushing him into the backfield. Defense didn't play real great, but I did like the fact that they left the defensive players in there to let them get a rhythm of the game. But I think later on, toward the end of the game, they just got kind of winded, got tired because they were on the field a lot. Because Atlanta had did, a lot uh, of three and outs. Did Kyle Pitts disappear because he wasn't part of the game plan or because the Eagles took him away? He's on the sideline. I don't think he's part of the game plan. I mean, I don't know the snaps. I don't know how many snaps he had, but every time I look out there, he'd be standing on the sideline. So it seemed I don't like Hayden Hurst played more snaps than Kyle Pitts. Yeah, same yeah. And something else, you know, I didn't say Russell Gage out there a lot either. So I, I don't know no. what what's going on. You know, you think he, your WR2 would be out there majority of the game, but didn't see him out there a lot. Well, but the point that the announcers made at one point, that was WR2 under a, a different regime. We don't know what the rotation truly is. Right. And I think that was part of the issue. I think they were trying to figure out they didn't play the starters very little in preseason. That's, they yeah, look like a team still trying to figure out their lineups. That's why I told Bobby today. She she's one of the season ticket holders. Me and Jim Lee went over and talked to her before the game. But uh, you know, she asked me what she thought. She said she's been in a bad mood ever since the game ended yesterday. And she said, "What are your thoughts?" I said, "Well, it looked just like a first preseason game." Because the starters did not play like they should have. Why? That's one of the questions that we heard on the radio coming back from Atlanta. Did Matt Ryan go in and tell Arthur Smith, hey, we're good, don't worry about it, let us rest? Or was Arthur Smith telling Matt Ryan, hey, I think y'all have got it, just take it easy, we need you for all 17 games. Whichever way it was, it didn't work out, i tell you that much. Uh, they Something's got to change. and. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to go, they'll go to Tampa Bay this weekend and beat TB12 like yard dog, and we'll be sitting here next week praising them. Yeah, we won't be doing that. Um, anyway, you know, maybe maybe it's that shot I got today talking. I don't know. The I think it was a first-time head coach at any level trying to figure out how to prepare for a first game. When we hired Arthur Smith, we knew we had hired somebody. We're going to have some growing pains. I think he's a genius. I think he's got that weird football mentality, though, that he almost has to suffer through something before he understands it. He's so, got that it factor like Kyle Shanahan got. Yeah. So I think I think he learned a lot. Uh, I really like Arthur Smith. But that first game is certainly a bad taste in your mouth. Oh, absolutely. Um, some of the people I've talked to today that was <clears throat> season ticket holders are like, "Hey, can we get our money back already?" You know, I know you <laughs> told me don't be. You told me don't be a ball. But uh, when we Hush, went, don't tell people what I said behind your back. How he texts me. I'll tell the story you, now. The Falcons get inside the ten yard line. <laughs> the first two drives. How he, how he goes, well, they got a quick kicking those field goals. And in my head, I thought, well, dang, come. They're inside the 10-yard line. They're doing pretty good. I don't think we got inside the 10-yard line the rest of the game. You didn't yeah, have to worry didn't. about kicking field goals, did you? Didn't even get close enough. Um, 
Yeah, I was like, that's you know, a buff. Nah, that's me being a Vol fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. Feels rubbing off on that's, me. <laughs> that's the same as the people going, well, Joe Milton missed three open receivers down the middle. The other guy are to start. Well, the other guy can't throw it down the middle far enough. So, yeah, I know Joe Milton missed open receivers. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. And, you know, and I was – trying to poke at you, but they really played better the first 10 minutes of the game than they did the you know, rest of the game. Yeah, they did. And, and the one thing that I that stood out to me, I don't know well, you didn't watch all the game, but they didn't take no, no shots down the field. Remote. Yeah, well, I didn't have that choice. Um, but they didn't take no shots down the field. 10, 15 yards, 5 or 10 yards, maybe 15-yard passes is all they attempted. There wasn't nothing down the field. They didn't take that shot like the use that most teams do. And a uh, running game was great. Well, they had 80-something yards in the first half. That's more than they got in most games last year. But it just, I don't, it just, the wheels came off after those two drives into the red zone and into the 10-yard line and come away with field goals. It makes me wonder, did it get back in their head? Well, we're just doing the same thing we've done last year, you know, and the year before that. Last question, Howie. Take as long as you want or as little as you want. How good is Jalen Hurts? Jalen Hurts is pretty dang good. He, he is very good. Uh, I, well, let me let me rephrase that. Atlanta made him look really good. Question. Atlanta made him look real good. Go ahead. You can have any three of the Alabama quarterbacks to start an NFL franchise with. Which one are you taking? With Jalen because he's he's versatile. I mean, he can he reminds me of a, a number seven that used to play in Atlanta a little bit to a certain extent. Not that fast, not just that electrifying, but he can make people miss. I, I've and, always known Young Hope is quite an athlete. I, I agree with you. <laughs> but uh, he, you know, he took some. You know, they took a few shots downfield. He ran that spread option just like, you know, he did at Oklahoma. He did a great job. And uh, if I had to take one of Alabama's quarterbacks, one more Alabama, sorry about the phone ring. It's too far to go there. I don't know if you hear it or not. But uh, it's uh, – Tell me while you call him back. Do what? Tell me while you call him back. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe Arthur Blank won't know if I want to refund on my tickets or not. Tell him yes. You want to refund on week one? I I can't do that. Yeah, week one I'll take that back. But I can't give up the tickets. I enjoy going too much. Um, but uh, yeah, I would take Jalen Hurts. I mean, Philadelphia is going to have a. If everybody stays healthy, they're going to have a pretty good team. I feel like. Well, Howie, I'm gonna I'm gonna first of all, I have an hour break between shows, and I'm gonna go watch some of uh, my friend George's uh, sports card auction show. It's and then I'll be back at 9 o'clock with Triple R. I'm trying to decide. I want to rename that show Triple R because it's almost X-rated, but it really is Triple R. Uh, I'll be back with Raj and Robbie here in about an hour. We'll have our we're, – we're tempting we, – we've, we've been going like two hours, so we're going to try to go an hour, Allie. Two attorneys Generally. and me going an hour. We'll see Jim how Lee, that works out. Jimmy asked me, he said, why is he trying to format his show down to the minute? And I said, you never know with Randy. You never know. So Yeah, you don't know. 
because my attorney friends want a format. So we're going to try one hour. They uh, want uh, a filibuster, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they're good at it. They're great. I love Robbie. <laughs> and Rob. uh, October 19th, we're going to have Camden Smith back on uh, Journey 2. Uh, kind of we got through the start of his career. We're going to talk to him about his career. And he's got a band out gigging around town now, Howie, and he's got this huge show the next week at Clyde's Hi-Fi in downtown Chattanooga. So that'll be a big show, October the 19th, Camden Smith. We're also putting together a listen party for Camden in his new release that I won't give the name of because I, I, I'm afraid I'll butcher it, but it's something, something to do with a bottle. I know that. But anyway, we're putting together a listening party. Well, what? A country music song dealing with a bottle? Yeah, yeah. You're shocking, isn't it? Wow, I tell you what, after amazing. watching the Falcons, I tell you, the, between being a Falcons fan and an Atlanta fan, it'll make a, a an alcoholic relapse real fast. You know, uh, some of you, I don't think I told you about this, but in our section now, we can actually order drinks from our seat and they'll bring it right to us so we don't have to get up. Well, so that, watch- so that little that little guy that was bringing everybody their drinks, he, I bet you he lost 20 pounds as many drinks as he is having to bring everybody. Yeah, he must have been taking them to the sideline the way they play from the second quarter on. <laughs> All right, everybody. This is Off the Record with Brando and Howie Chaney. We'll be back next week. Next week, we're going to kind of stay on the NFL for a couple of weeks, Howie, and, and local sports. Get, you know, this is the best time of the year. We really don't need a format. Between you and I, we see enough high school games, enough college games, enough NFL games. We can just come on here and talk an hour and don't have to worry about a format. So Yeah, our format took place, uh, what, about an hour and a half ago. You called me said, hey, we're going to talk about this, this, and this. I said, okay, and that was it. So, um, I like, yeah. I like this. I swear it pained me so much watching Nick Bolton play Sunday. Chiefs can't can't keep getting away from this. Of course, Nick Bolton, the Missouri player, now playing for the Browns. I understand very well that one. That's a, you know, it's the same thing. You remember how Todd Gurley used to tear up the Falcons? And you're just like, and then for you, Jalen Hurts, one of your favorite players, tearing up the Falcons this week. Yeah, it was a, yeah, I would take Jalen Hurts in a heartbeat as far as uh, if I was drafting Alabama quarterbacks, I'd take him because uh, he's got – now, I didn't see Matt Jones. I know Tua can run, but the problem is is Tua will stay healthy enough if he did run. Yeah. You know, well, thank Matt you for that Jones, comment, Jenny. Uh Matt Jones is a – he's a huge guy, but I think me and you could probably outrun him in a 40-yard dash. Not me. I got. I'm handicapped. Well, we'll give you a head start. Okay, then I'll take you. All right, man. (laughs) I started to close out earlier. Let's get it done this time. For Howie Chaney, Randall Cunningham, we're gone. Thank you for watching Off the Record with Randall.